The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Level three, this is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morensi. I didn't expect that we'd have a Pop-Tart debate uh, this evening, but the Pop-Tart Bowl was announced. So there's actually a Pop-Tart Bowl. I want to go over the names, actually, uh, of some of the bowl games. I'm always a fan of the crazy uh, bowl names. And I don't I don't understand why, too. There's a couple of, like, so there's the Sugar Bowl, there's the Rose Bowl, you got an Orange Bowl, you got a Cotton Bowl, you got a lot of bowls, right? Yet there used to be, growing up, there used to be uh, the Tangerine Bowl. How come there's not a Tangerine Bowl anymore? How come there's not a Citrus Bowl? There used to be, you know what I mean? The um, There's a Citrus Bowl, but it's like the Outback Citrus Bowl or something like that. There used to be some really cool ones. And, of course, there's the Blue-Gray game, which may, may that rest in peace. The Blue-Gray game was the D-Gen Lonely Man special. The Blue-Gray game used to be played with players that teams didn't make it to a bowl game, right? So, right, they didn't they didn't make it to a bowl game, and um, and or they already played their bowl game, right? So it was basically, and they would put the stickers on of other teams on their helmets. So it was real cool. So like you know what I mean? It'd be a kid from Michigan on the team, but he'd have like you know what I mean a Tulane helmet and like a Tulane sticker and like. And basically, it all, everyone would trade stickers, and the stickers would be decked out and all the logos and stuff. It was pretty cool looking. And um, it was like a big degenerate special. I told a story before about it was one of my low points, I think, I've done as a gambler. And I don't mean like losing or anything like that, but it was Christmas morning. There was no computers in these days, and I called a bookie at like 10 in the morning on Christmas Day <laughs> to place a bet on the blue-gray game. Uh, and... Uh, uh, that's when you realize the life decisions you're making. Shout out to uh, everybody joining us on Sirius XM Channel 159 and Sports Grid Radio Networks. I am Gabriel Morenci. So uh, there's nothing to talk about as far as that stupid football game was concerned tonight. Besides, as Dennis Green said, we let them off the hook. The Bears are who we thought they were. They really were, too. You let them off the hook. You could have won the game. You didn't. You didn't really deserve to win the game. Chicago deserved to win the game. They were the better football team. They found a way uh, to win tonight, but... It's three and a half hours of our lives that none of us are ever going to be getting back. And I don't I don't live with a lot of regrets. I don't look bad. I try not to look back too much. Um but that's the one thing I've always said. When like we're on when I'm on my deathbed, I think I'm gonna look back and say, Man, how many like thousands of hours did I spend in my life watching like Sunbelt and Mac and Chicago Bear Monday night football games? 
It's one thing to watch an exciting football game, but that was not an exciting football game. All right, so let me finish off the poll question here. Sports Rick poll question. Are Pop-Tarts better in a toaster or raw out of the box? Got to heat up. Better. Better out of box. All right, let's see what uh, the Sports Rage, uh, the Rageaholic Nation has to say about this. Listen, I'm not stating that they're, you know what I mean? You could have a Pop-Tart. I understand you're, you know, you're sitting on a train. You busted out of your backpack. I totally get that uh, that aspect of it. But ultimately, they really are supposed to be uh, warmed up, heated up, and they are better, actually. Otherwise, they just sort of taste kind of like the box, right? For the record, I'm not a Pop-Tart freak. I used to. I used to, I used to like, uh, Pop-Tarts used to be in my shopping cart routinely, but I only really like the chocolate ones. And I only like the chocolate ones if I put ice cream on them and stuff and then like whipped cream and chocolate sauce. So in other words, I'm just a psychopath myself that just likes, uh, uh, you know, Sundays as opposed to Pop-Tarts. But I guarantee you, like put it this way. All right, I want to get to this. I want to go over somebody's bowl games. All right, so here's like uh, avocados. There's the avocado bowl. The avocados from from Mexico Cure Bowl. Do you feel like even eating an avocado right now? I don't. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't, like, I, I'm not like, oh, yeah, man, I could really use an avocado right now. Um, But Pop-Tarts, I'm like, man, how come I haven't bought Pop-Tarts in a little while? All right, so the, I'm, I guarantee you, this was a brilliant idea. A brilliant idea by the people of Pop-Tarts to, uh, and who the hell eats Pop-Tarts? College kids eat Pop-Tarts. Except I would recommend if you really want to start selling Pop-Tarts, put some weed in them. <laughs> do like, like, you know what I mean? Sort of like, uh, who is the, um, who do, who the hell was the, uh, who the hell was the drink the other day? It was uh, somebody added, like, has a THC drink and it upset everybody. They added to it. Yeah, Pop-Tart. You know, you really want to go with some edibles. Because when I saw it, I'm like, oh, Pop-Tart edible bowl. That's that's pretty cool. We got our boy Mo Khan's thoughts on this, the Pop-Tart bowl. But it may, I want to buy Pop-Tarts right now. I don't, I don't really feel like buying any avocados right now. So looking at the names here, there used to be some fun, stupid, wild names of college bowl games. There really isn't too much in there. The Myrtle Beach Bowl. The Cricket Celebration Bowl. So what's this? The sport of cricket is sponsoring a bowl game? <laughs> I'm not really sure what that means. Let's roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morenci. The pips, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. Let's do this thing. Shout out to everybody joining us. All of our AM radio affiliates joining the party on the Sports Grid Radio Networks. Sirius XM Channel 159. Sports Grid uh, Television and a million television affiliates that we can't mention because if we mention one, then the other ones say, how come you didn't mention us? And they all probably hate each other. It's a cold-ass world. Um, we, we were all exposed to radiation. Uh, tonight, uh, we were all exposed to a tox a toxicity that was Monday Night Football. I remember when Monday Night Football used to be like must see TV. It used to be like, man, what a game! Monday Night Football, Howard Cosell, Frank Gifford. This is going to be lit, man. All right. 
now what do we got? All right. What do what we what, what, what do we got? We got the Chicago Bears and the Minnesota Vikings. Whoever the hell thought it was a good idea to put the Chicago Bears on television in week 12 deserves to be put on one of Elon Musk's like spaceships that don't work and like sent somewhere. All right. Like because people in Chicago don't even want to watch uh, the uh, the Chicago Bears play. I'll tell you what, though. I'm looking forward to our boy Mo Khan stepping up and in. Our boy Mo just did the play-by-play for the Northern Classic College Basketball Tournament. Uh, Western Kentucky, Bowling Green, UNC Asheville, or a bunch of teams in the tournament. We'll uh, we'll find out uh, how that went. But I want to get into some college football. Because the NFL, whatever, it is what it is. And we'll get into some NFL football talk tonight. We'll take a look at the lines for Week 13. But college football, these playoff uh, rankings never really matter. People talk about them. Well, we're down to the second to last one right now. And these ones won't really fully matter, but it'll sort of give a little bit of an insight moving forward how this is going to play out. Listen, Georgia wins, Michigan wins. We could have four 12-0 teams in the playoffs, number one. That's never happened before in the history of the college football playoff. Never have we had, and it could happen. Georgia wins, Michigan wins, Washington wins, FSU wins. They're in. It's as simple as that. Now, Texas and the Ducks will have something to say about this. We've got a lot of stuff to break down. This is Sports Radio. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Moranzi, the best of the hustlers, the people of us, and everybody else in between. Okay, so... um, Forget about all this sports stuff. The biggest question, our poll question, you can follow me on Twitter, X, whatever, at Sports Rage, nice and simple, at Sports Rage. We were talking about the Pop-Tart Bowl. So just for the record, guys, college football uh, bowl season's around the corner right now. And I always like the stupid, fun names for some of these games, although it's pretty business-like this year for the most part. But there is a Pop-Tarts Bowl, and it's the first time. And the uh, the mascot is actually going to be edible and uh, whatever the hell that means. <laughs> For the record, the game is December the 28th, and it's going to take place at uh, Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Florida. 
So the subject of Pop-Tarts uh, came up, and of course, George Kurtz, who joins us every Monday night, is a nut job. He's like a middle-aged New Yorker that's never watched Seinfeld once in his life. He just admitted to never eating ramen noodles once in his life, and he's never had a chocolate Pop-Tart uh, in his life. And then it came up that he thinks it's strange to uh, to put a Pop-Tart in a toaster, that they're meant to be eaten raw right out of the box. I think that that's insanity. If you're an astronaut or something and you're screwed, sure. You don't have, you know what I mean? Fine. But if there's a choice, I think the Pop-Tart is far superior if it's been warmed up. So we've got a poll question because, you know, we hit the hard-hitting issues of the, that are going on in the world. Um, and so far, it's 70% to 30%. Just for the record, to Pat Foster and Chris Kofsky and Master Control in New York right now, in New Jersey, 70 to 30 got to heat up. Only 30% saying better out of the box. Our boy Mo Khan steps up and in. I don't think Mo's a big junk food guy. He, you know, he played football. He's sort of healthy. I can see Mo caring about calories and all that type of stuff. But Mo, what's better, pop tart in a toaster or pop tart out of a box? Out of the box, Gabe. Oh man, really? Out of the box, yeah, man. Because I, I I'm very impatient when it comes to food. Like I need to have my food, <laughs> so I don't. I, I eat my food cold, and. I so like you wait. don't want to wait. You're just like, you're like give me the pop tart and this. Let's go. Let, let's let, you know. Let's go. Let, let's get it. I'm not waiting three I minutes. I do do that sometimes in pizza places where, like, you know what I mean, like the pizza slices. Yeah. Up, no, 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 you don't need to heat it up, man. It's already been sitting there. It's it's already warm. I don't need you to reheat it uh, right <laughs> now. I can live with that. As I said, I've eaten pop tarts raw out of the box. Fine, I get it. But to me, they're made. And for the record, the Calgary Flames just beating the Vegas Golden Knights in overtime, two one. To me, the pop tarts are made to be to be heated up. I mean, who makes right. these things? Kellogg's. I'm assuming it's yeah. them. They seem to make the yeah, 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 yeah. Kellogg's. They're great. Like they got the Tony the Tiger Bowl too, don't they? Well, they did. Yeah, they do, I'm yeah. gonna actually send a tweet. You know, it's a little late. I don't expect them to answer me right now, but by tomorrow night, I'm sure they're gonna say, "Oh, pop tarts are done." However, you enjoy them, but I got to get to the bottom of. Whoever created Pop-Tarts, whether they wanted them heated up or not, and I say they do, and I maintain this, it's coming down a little bit. It's at 68%. We'll, we'll feel free to uh, vote online, everybody, at Sports Rage, and you'll see the poll question up. So, Mo, that football game tonight was so bad that we're talking about Pop-Tarts right now, but the Chicago Bears were the rightful winners, and you know they played their hearts out for a free-win team. They played hard. Minnesota were terrible tonight, came up with the late drive, get the fumble return after, pretty much had the game, right? You came back, you scored the touchdown, you got a defensive stop, Fields turned the ball over, and you just completely mismanaged the play calling, the field position, your timeouts, you end up giving the ball back to the Chicago Bears, and you end up leaving yourself like eight seconds after a real disaster for the Minnesota Vikings tonight. Yeah, I mean, Gabe, you go back from the first play to the end. I mean, the Bears, even though it was terrible, deserved to win the football game. They were the better team on defense. They they destroyed uh, Josh Dobbs in that running game, in that passing attack. I thought the Vikings got very uh, sloppy. Um, that Addison played down the sideline should have been a touchdown. was incomplete. Um, 
And I just thought that overall the game plan for what they had for Kevin O'Connell was not greatly executed. And, and that will hurt them in the long view of a playoff run. And even though the Bears did win the football game, Gabe, they didn't drop in the NFL draft order. order. They still maintain their fourth spot right now. But what it does now is that it gives the top three, so the Bears' first pick, the Cardinals' second pick, and the Patriots' third pick, more or less a, a two-game buffer that they won't fall behind too too deep in the NFL draft order. So I just think overall the Bears were the better team. But the question will come up, though, is if Justin Fields is that guy. He made that clutch throw on third down to set them up for the game-winning field goal. But at the end of the day, far too many hiccups from him. And now the Bears have to figure out, moving towards the final six games of the regular season, if they think Justin Fields can be their franchise quarterback after this year. It's I understand the, the questions. And I, I'm 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 more pro Justin Fields than anti Justin Fields. But without being stated, you look at him and a lot of people look at the, the positive plays that he makes, and you're like, wow, look at that. Look, look at the mobility in the pocket, look at the strong arm, look at the poise and 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 all that. And then there are other plays in which he tries to extend too long. But to me, and you are a wide receiver, so you would know. His biggest sin doesn't come up on paper or in the box score. He misses wide open wide receivers. He doesn't see them, right? Like he doesn't see them. It's a very, that was Jimmy G's thing that drove them crazy in San Francisco. People would be like, oh, look at his numbers. They're not bad. It's like, yeah, but you know what? Samuel was open five times and it would have been a touchdown, but Jimmy didn't locked in somewhere. And that's a massive problem with Justin Fields. Right, he's running around on one side of the field. I don't know if you, you saw it tonight. There was a couple of yeah. times, man. Darnell Mooney like literally didn't have anyone like 15 yards around him, right? And there's just these quick right. plays. And Aikman was a quarterback, and it was funny because Aikman, Aikman, I like Aikman. I like his analysis. And Aikman was all over the place with Fields tonight, Mo. <laughs> he was like, he goes, you know, wow, look at that play. He's really athletic. That was a really, really good quarterback play. And then like five minutes later, he's like, you know. You just got to make that throw. You've got to be able to see that. Like he was very. So I understand the the stuff with him. What would you do if you were the Chicago Bears? You have let's just say they have the number one pick in the draft. Are you taking Caleb Williams with that pick and moving on from Justin Fields, or are you yeah, keeping I, Justin Fields? Justin Fields has a five game referendum game. Um, I believe the circumstances that he's in in Chicago where he has a defensive-minded head coach has not helped him grow. Um, you heard him early in the year saying the playbook is a little bit too complex, which it is. Um, this team lacks. It, it's I think there will be a new coach there, Mo. I think there will I'm, be a new coach be. there next year. I agree. Yeah. A thousand percent. It has to be an offensive-minded coach, right? But this team is bereft of talent, Gabe, on the O-line and pass catch beyond what they have right now DJ Moore. They have to get him pieces to work with, and they have not done that yet. And I just think now moving towards the final five games, they have to assess fields in every manner they can, right? How does he read the field? Is he calm in the pocket? Is he making clutch throws? Today was a melange of the good and bad. And think about that play game where he had that fumble, right? That that summarizes Justin Fields in a nutshell in the Chicago Bear uniform. That fumble that, that led to the turnover by Mezzo late in the fourth quarter. And now for them, moving towards their final five games, it's not only Justin Fields, right? It's everyone on this roster from the top to bottom. I think for Ryan Poles, he's got to decide, am I in this situation now? And remember this, he didn't draft Justin Fields. So he does have that parachute to say, I got two picks in probably the top four 
where I can get a Caleb Williams or Drake May or Michael Penix Jr. as the number one pick. And there will be teams. And there will be teams that would be interested in Justin Fields as well. Right. And and not only that, though, Gabe, right? The the Bears right now are not going to be contender in 2024. They're probably five foundation pieces away up on the draft. They don't want to think. I hear that. They don't want to fit their fan base. I think they're thinking, to be honest, they want the Houston Texan bump, right? They, you know, I think this is going to become a thing now, Mo, like the Houston Texans did. They went one, two, they traded, you know what I mean? They got not one, but two guys to try to, re, you know, shock, give it, you know, give it that, uh, the, the shock treatment, and it's actually worked. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morenci. Man, there's a lot of stuff going on in the football world. NFL playoff picture is crazy. Um, It's like the freeway. It's insanity after a Dodger game. This thing is like, uh, it's crowded, all right? The playoff picture is crowded in the NFL right now, but it's going to be cool. All these games matter from here on out. College football Looking forward to seeing what the updated uh, rankings are, just to sort of get a feel for where the committee is at. Um, and we'll get into this uh, with Mo Khan, but we're just talking NFL football uh, right now. And just quickly, as far as the Chicago Bears are concerned, they're in a good spot. And you mentioned Arizona. They've got the Kyler Murray situation. I think they're going to end up – I think Kyler Murray will be the quarterback of the Cardinals next year. So if I'm, if I'm Arizona – and I'm, I end up with the, t- the number two pick in the draft. I like this. And I'm in a pretty good spot here. Now, the Cardinals are a team that they like, they like to trade down and accumulate picks. But I think yesterday we saw Cardinal fans are pretty laid back, right? They don't really expect much, but it's more of a family. Like, you're not going to see, like, angry Cardinal fans smashing bottles in the parking lot, like, after a giant game if they lose. Like, they're not – it's more of a family environment and stuff. But if you saw yesterday, guys, after that Ram game, the fan base looked de- defeated, right? You had a bunch of kids with their parents, and like just everyone either looked bored, sad, depressed, and it can't go on forever. So, and they, and I do think Gann's a good coach. So, where I'm going with this is uh, Roman Wilson can rip them, and Michigan can have their fun. I get it, 
But Marvin Harrison Jr. is a stud, Mo. He really is. Like, he's going to be a game changer for real. A lot of times we hype up these college kids, and then we never talk about them again after. A few of them make it, and they don't. But in my opinion, Mo, Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best player on the board in in a draft. Like, he's the biggest can't-miss sure shot, more than Caleb Williams even. Like, whatever team he goes to, he's going to help, and he's going to make the other wide receiver better on that team. Don't judge what happened against Michigan, guys. And he was a force against Michigan, and Kyle McCord's an average young quarterback. So wait till Harrison's with an NFL quarterback. Um, So to me, he's the best player mode. It'll be fascinating to see how it plays out, what the Bears do. If as a betting man, and we're here to make predictions, I'm going to say that the Bears will trade Justin Fields. That the I think the Bears want this one-two punch that they'll get Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison somehow, and that's going to be the magic wand that makes everything all right. And I don't, I doubt they're going to end up with the one and two though. So, but I do think that'll be my prediction, Mo. And you said it; they didn't draft Justin Fields. They're going to think, you know what, Fields is good, but he's not good enough, and we'll be able to trade him. And teams will be interested in Fields. So my prediction is that Justin Fields will not be the quarterback of the Bears next year, Mo. Agree or disagree? I, I agree, Gabe. I just think he needs a new start, a reset to his career, because, you know, Chicago is where quarterbacks and receivers go to die. Sorry, Caleb Williams. It's, it's the facts, right? And I just think they need to get away from him, give him a clean uh, uh, scenery to go elsewhere. But now you look at the draft order, right? As of right now, it's Chicago 1, uh, Arizona 2, New England 3, Chicago 4. Um, you talk about Marvin Harrison Jr. Now, if, if that's the guy for Arizona and they think they're in a good spot, they have to take him at that number two spot because if they trade down, believing that he'll be available, he won't get past Chicago at four. So I just think right now in this early game of chess, um, it's still too early, too far out to determine who's going to go where. But in terms of the needs, you mentioned Kyler Murray and what he could be for the for the Cardinals right now. You know, you don't know. Again, the Cardinals didn't draft. This regime did not draft Kyler Murray. So same thing as the Bears. They don't know what they have in the next five games with Kyler Murray, but they might say, you know what, bleep it, let's get rid of him as well. But you know what the difference is? Justin Fields wasn't given $250 million. Kyler Murray was. That's the difference. And and that's (laughs) how to have that deal, right? Yeah, you're actually right about that. And and the thing is, the Cardinals also get burnt by the fact that Houston is doing so well this year that that first pick that they traded up to get Anderson, right, ends up not being probably in the high teens, if not low 20s. So they, they don't really have that, that bumper of saying we can have two picks in the top 15 or two picks in the top 10. So that pick, at number two, if they want to trade down and play that, 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 that roulette game and say, hey, Marvin Harrison will be available at five, six, or seven, that is a quite the, he won't uh, be. dream. He won't be, though. And that's why he won't get past four Chicago if Chicago looks at receiver to bring in uh, a Marvin Harrison Jr. to team up with more and maybe Caleb Williams at quarterback. I don't think Harrison will get past two. Like, I'll, and as soon as the draft props pop up, we'll start talking about them. But, yeah. And also, I think, and I've already, I was reading about this. Some some people are thinking, too, and it wouldn't surprise me. We always hype the quarterbacks up. But once, once, they get, once it's actually time to do it, they're going to start saying, you know what? Yeah, maybe we don't want to take. Maybe he's not worth the number one pick. And it'll be interesting to see how, like, Caleb Williams does. I think Caleb Williams is great. I know mm-hmm. teams are put off by his management team, i.e. his father, you know, thrown out there asking about can they own part of the team and, like, there's a lot of sort of crazy demands. 
out there, but I think that's that'll that'll be fine uh, when it's all yeah. said and done. But there's, it's going to be crazy. All right, we will get to the college stuff because there's a lot of quarterbacks that are playing. A lot of these quarterbacks that are playing this week, guys, are going to be playing in the NFL next year. We see the dearth of quarterbacks in the NFL. We got a lot of veteran quarterbacks playing college football, but the the Eagles and the Bills game, real classic yesterday. Whatever, man. The Bills are like King Kong Bundy. They're like in all these classics um, on VHS tapes and stuff, but they always lose. Oh, yeah, I fought Hulk Hogan, but I lost. I fought, you know what I mean, Andre the Giant, but I lost. And that's that's the Buffalo Bills. They're in every classic, but they're always the team that loses. Like, they're the, you know what I mean? Josh Allen yeah. now 0-6 in, in overtime. Not blaming him for the loss yesterday. But uh, where I'm going with this, I'll just get right to a question. McDermott. If the Bills do not make the playoffs this year, do you believe that Sean McDermott will be the coach of the Bills next year? I don't think so. But the problem is, Gabe, is supply and demand. Like, we were talking off air. I think there could be 10 openings in the NFL this year. Right? Last year, there was five. The average is just below seven. I think there could be 10. Well, McDermott would get hired immediately if he got fired. Like, he would not be unemployed. I'm not going to dispute that. I think the Bills would be happy if he gets hired immediately, right? So they have to pay for him. But you think about it right now, in the AFC East alone, the Patriots probably going to change the quarterback. Uh, head coach Bill Belichick is gone. Uh, the Jets could be in the market for head coach with Salah not doing so well, and it's been a disaster with him in New York and the Buffalo Bills. So I don't think – right now I, th- I say no because he's down to his last roll of the dice. He got rid of Leslie Frazier, got rid of Ken Dorsey, and the way that they lost yesterday in overtime, and I, I caught overtime when I got home from the NCAA games, that was a terrible display on defense. They had the Eagles dead to rights in that overtime session and couldn't, couldn't finish off the game. And everyone knew in the stadium that it was going to be a quarterback draw except for Sean McDermott. And what happened? Jalen Hurts scored the game when he touched them. So I just think he's been outfoxed and outcoached in, in that department. And the fact that we can talk about them having no talent because of Milano being out, that's, that's an old excuse now. The question that remains for Sean McDermott is that can he still coach those big games? And I'm and in these type of matchups, Gabe, I, I go back to his record. I, I believe they've now lost like God knows, I think like, uh, like twenty games by seven points or less in the last like four or five years. That's remarkable. Like think about how close they are. They're not three and out. nine in the last twelve in that scenario. Exactly, right? Three and nine in the last twelve one score games. That's on the right. coach, Mo. I brought it up earlier, and you played. You know the players. Yeah. The players can only do so much, right? The players make plays. Josh Allen made a play. It's sort of like, but at some point, the adult in the room, right, has to take over. And the coach is the adult in the room and says, all right, guys, okay, everyone be quiet. Now we finish this off, and I'm going to show you how we're going to finish this off. All right, we're going to run here. We're going to do this. We're going to do, you know what I mean? McDermott's lost all the time. As you stated, we all knew the the, 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 the draw was coming. Aikman uh, called or Romo called. He's like, dear God. Um, they lost to the Chiefs doing the same thing, going back in a soft zone coverage, worried about giving up the big play and allowing them to just march down the field as quickly as they did. And McDermott never owns it after, right? It's always, well, you know, we didn't execute. No, you, we weren't. You didn't put your players in a position to win. Like, there's only no. so much your players can do, and they did it. And McDermott just, you know, finds a way time and time and time and time again not to finish it off. But as we always say, guys, and Mo just talked about it, McDermott gets fired by the Bills. He'd be hired in the morning type of thing, right? Teams would be lining up to, to, to he's a winner. But you get caught in that vortex, man, of being a good team but not good enough. And it's tough. 
The Toronto Maple Leafs in the NHL are a good example of that, right? You know what I mean, right. Mo? It's like, what are you going to do? You're going to trade Austin Matthews? No. He's one of the best players yeah. in the league. You're going to trade Mitch Marner? No. He's one of the best players in the league. But you've won one playoff series in 26 years, right? And it's one yeah. of those, I don't you know, what do you do? You're good, but you're not, it's not working. And the Bills are like this. I guess if would have been better for them, Mo, if they, you know, and they would have won the game, obviously, going into this bye. But the bye might be good for them, regroup. I like what McDermott told the team, actually, in which there were reports in which he said, just go do whatever the hell you're going to do and don't even think about football for a couple of days. Right? But he said, we all need to decompress here. It's been frustrating. But I like what he said at the end. He goes, we can still reach the goals of what we're playing for. And they can, but they're running out of racetrack. They're going to need, they need to win. They need to beat KC point blank when they come back. They need to beat Dallas at home the following week in Buffalo. And then they're going to need to beat the. They need to win four of the last five games. Like that's where they're at right now. Yeah, we we said the target number would be ten and seven to get in as a wild card. Like I think the division is now out of reach unless they really go to run and Miami collapses. I don't think that's going to happen. But you know, to get away from the game for the next week is good for Josh Allen, good for this team. And you know, they played well. Joe Joe Brady called a good football game, but the defense failed them, and that shouldn't happen with a guy who has a defensive Twice. background. Yeah. They should have won that football game. They, in regulation, the they couldn't get a stop. In overtime, they couldn't get a stop. Of course. In their elements, too, and they lost. It's embarrassing if you're a Bills fan. And what's even worse, even though I know the rules are going to be different in the playoffs, but they changed the overtime rules for the Bills, and they still lost. <laughs> you got the ball. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This is Sports Rage. I am Renzi. Kicking it uh, with Mo Khan, TSN statistician, play-by-play man. We'll get, uh, I want I want to hear about the tournament that he just called yeah. with our boy Pete Annapolis and Dwight Walton as well. That's awesome stuff. But college football, the college football playoff uh, rankings will come out tomorrow. This This writes itself, though, guys. That's why all the... The fanfare and the talk and stuff, it always just sort of works itself out. And it really has worked itself out this year. 
point blank. We could, like, four teams control their own fate, right? I mean, there's it would be the first time ever, Mo, we've never had four undefeated teams in before, which makes me believe it's not going to happen. <laughs> right? There's an upset coming. There's some surprise yeah. coming this week. The question is who? So let's 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 jump into these games. Friday night, Las Vegas, neutral field, Allegiant Stadium. This is just super cool. You've got the Oregon Ducks taking on the Washington Huskies, the rematch of the classic that they played earlier this year. I cannot believe the point spread opened up at eight and a half points in this game and then was bet up, not down, up to nine and a half. People are expecting Bo Nix and company to roll the Washington Huskies, Mo, because we've seen the last month or so the Washington Huskies, every game is pretty much like very close. I mean, they're always in a fourth down situation here or there. They need to make a play, but they have, and they've survived. The Ducks have just been killing teams for the last month, but it doesn't mean, like to me, Mo, I, I think Oregon survive and Oregon win this game, but I think we have a, a, a same thing of last time. I think it'll be a high-scoring, super close game that'll come down to the last couple of minutes. And it's indoors, too. So there's no weather elements as it was for that game in mid-October when they played up in Seattle. Uh, look, I, I like the Huskies game. I really do. I think they're, they're battle-tested right now. Uh, when they went to Corvallis and won that football game, I thought that was a turning point for them. It's a seminal moment in their, in their program this season. And I just look at Oregon and how they are. You know, I watched that Oregon State game against Oregon on Friday night, or I think it was Saturday, whatever day it was. I mean, it was just a blowout. Like, you know, it just didn't look like uh, that they had any any angst at all. But I just look at these two teams right now and where it's going to be one. It's that receiving core for the Huskies. We're talking off air. They got one of the best pass catchers in the nation who no one talks about because it's a West Coast thing here. But I don't see anyone in Oregon that can match up with him in a one-on-one situation. Duse, exactly, right? Where there's other numbers are inside. He is a matchup problem. And if Penix can get to him early and often in this football game, it will make a big difference for this offense to kind of stress them deep. But more importantly, they'll open up the running game for them. And I just think that Washington is a little bit tougher on the offensive line, too. And that's where I think that's going to be the difference in why they win this football game. And keep in mind, Gabe, I like Dan Lanning a lot. I think he's a really good recruiter. He's a young coach who's growing this game here. And I think he can really build an empire at Oregon. But when it comes to critical moments in a football game, he almost has like a Sean McDermott-like mentality where he comes up short. It happened again against the Huskies up in Seattle. It happened last year as well. So this thing for Dan Lanning, can he come up with a big play? I don't think he does because I think this Husky team from top to bottom, from the top details to the small details, they are well coached. And I think they'll come away with the victory on Friday night. No, I, I understand the comparison. I think it's somewhat fair. Yeah, and at the same point in time, Lanning's been a coach for two years. And this guy's done yeah. a great job. And what one thing with Lanning is he's consistent in how he approaches things. He's aggressive. And he lives with the consequences after. But my deal with this is, and I don't think we could disagree here on this, is that the Ducks have the better defense. So they both have great offenses. One of them has a much better defense. The Washington defense is a problem to me, Mo. That's going to be a problem for them to win a national championship. Like they're winning these games because of Michael Panics and because of Indunze, right? And they come up with a pick yeah. six here, an interception there and stuff, but they're giving up much, you know, way too many points, way too many yards. And, and guys, you know, defense still does win championships. Look, the Michigan Wolverines, number one in the country, giving up 10.3 points 
uh, per game. The Georgia Bulldogs, number eight in the country, 16.5 points per game. The Ducks, number nine in the country, 16.7 uh, points per game. And I'm scrolling right now here, Mo, and I'm, I'm, I'm scrolling, scrolling. So that's not good for Washington. Washington ranked 40th in the country. Washington gave up 23 points per game. That's so, fine, though, Gabe. That's fine, man. It, it's the reason. Look, sorry to cut you off, Gabe, but here's the difference, though, right? I know Oregon. And, and sorry, Mo, and, let me just say, too, and yeah. against good teams, Washington's numbers are a little bit frayed because they really played a cupcake stuff early in the season with the Portland right. States of the world and you know, whatever the right. other stuff they played. So did the Ducks, though. But the value of the defense, right? Michigan's defense is legit because they went through the meat grinder in the Big Ten. Georgia's defense is legit because they went through the meat grinder in the SEC. Uh, Oregon, right? I mean, yes, they played Washington tough in Seattle. Okay, that's no question about that. But this is an Oregon team that I know Dan Lanchard bring that SEC mentality, that toughness that that crystal ball laid down before he left for Miami with Oregon. But I just think right now for Washington, how they've been built, they've been in the playoff mode for the last four or five weeks, as has Oregon. But they've had tougher competition. So if this game comes down to that close moment, I'm going towards the Huskies because they are ready for this challenge to win this football game and come away being the last Pac-12 champion in its conference history. All right. Mo Khan says uh, the Huskies, Warren Moon and uh, company getting it done. Michael Pettis Jr. and Ndunze, uh get it done. DeBoer's done a great job uh, with this team. So they're plus 290 on the money line. All right. So Texas are still in, in play here. Texas are one of these teams, so that's what they're hoping. Texas need – Texas actually would, would be good if Florida State loses. But let's say Florida State yeah. wins and Oregon wins. They're both going to have one win. Texas are not going to be happy if they're left out. But I believe that the Ducks will get in because Washington yeah. are higher ranked than Oklahoma State are. So, sorry, Texas. I'm, I'm setting you up for the fall here. For Texas to get in, they need Washington to lose, and they need – they they need Florida State and or to lose, one of them to lose, and or, and then God knows what happens if Alabama beats Georgia, bro. Because <laughs> then Texas is going to say, hey, we beat Alabama, so you can't keep us out now. I think if, if Georgia lose this game, guys, they're out. Before it was sort of the benefit of the doubt, not with these 12-0 and teams. If Georgia lose, they're going to get bounced. All right now, it depends on what happens to some of these other games, but let's pick up the pace here. Texas, Oklahoma yeah. State. It's 14.5-point favorites. Any chance of an upset here to Texas win, in your opinion? No, I think I think the long runs win. They're getting healthier now. Uh, they're playing better football than before. And I just think that they have a bit of a trip on the shoulder, right? Sarkeesian mentioned that before in, in building the culture up here. So they beat OK, uh, Oklahoma State to win the last Big 12 in their time in that conference. Georgia and Alabama, baby. Point spread was five and a half. It's sitting at six right yeah. now. Alabama survives on the uh, the fourth and thirty-one. It's amazing too. Jalen Hurts in that play yesterday was very similar to that. Can can Alabama knock Georgia off? In your opinion, nobody ever thinks no. it's going to happen. I, before it happened, let me just say though, before yeah. Georgia went on this run, they couldn't beat Alabama. Right? It was one of those. Yeah, man, they're beating everybody, but then oh god, we lost to Bama again in the SEC title game. No one thought Florida was going to lose. So now Bama are the ones with a chip on their shoulder. But they're kind of erratic, right? We see. They come up with big plays. They're a lot like Washington in a sense that they've survived a lot of close games. Uh, Alabama. You think Georgia beat them again? They're minus six-point favorites. Yeah. 
I think George is more stable at quarterback. Carson Beck's played really well. I mean, he's not putting up like video game Bo Nix numbers, but he's played well enough to win that football game. I just worry about Alabama and that O-line. They're very young. I know Georgia's lost a lot of guys on defense, but they still have those dudes on defense that can match up with them. I think this will be a low-scoring game. Somewhere in the high teens to low 20s, I think. Jalen Milrow, the question for him in this football game is this. Can he make throws in the pocket? We know his legs are tremendous. He can run around, buy time, all that, Gabe. But he's got to make throws in the pocket because that Georgia secondary, I know a bit banged up here, they can lock up with the best of them. And I think Jermaine Burden, the guy who played at Georgia now Alabama, could be the X factor for the Crimson Tide. But I just think right now from a stability perspective and from a momentum perspective here, I think Georgia has less questions and more answers that they can do in the title game on Saturday afternoon in the ATL. People wanted to talk themselves into believing that Florida State was going to lose to the Florida Gators. They had their hands full for the first half, but they started to pull away as the game went on. I also brought up last week that uh, if there's a team in which a backup quarterback that can come in, it's Florida State because of the wide receivers that they have. You've right. got, you know, Keon Coleman. You've got, um, you know, Johnny Wilson. You've got star wide receivers and big targets, six foot four, six foot seven, big guys that you can just sort of throw the ball up to. I thought I, I bet on them. They won. They came through for me, and I'm going to pull the trigger again. Now, the Ville maybe got caught looking ahead a little bit here last week against Kentucky. Florida State are two-and-a-half-point favorites in this game against Louisville. Who do you think wins this one? Gabe, last Monday when we conversed, I said FSU would be knocked out of the top four, and they were. Uh, I know Florida gave them fits, and Florida shot themselves in the foot on Saturday down the swamp and, and lost that football game. I just don't know what type of quarterback production Florida State can get against Louisville on, on, on the weekend in the ACC title game because I think Louisville's defense, they're tenacious. They've made some big plays this year. And I think that trap game that they had against Kentucky was costly for their mindset for overlooking Kentucky towards FSU. I think this game comes down to a field goal, but I'm going to take Florida in, 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 in a close race over Louisville, and they'll get into the college football four. I think that uh, I think Rotomaker's just fine. I, I don't have a problem with them. They're, listen, Florida State, we're going to be in these close games no matter what. I mean, they had Jordan Travis, and they barely beat. They won by two points against Boston College, right? Yeah. So these games are sort yeah. of going to be close. Those rivalry games are going to be close. I think Florida State are used to playing in big games more than Louisville are, and they'll they'll meet the moment. One thing remote Rotomaker, bro, he was the first quarterback that Norvell recruited there. And he was also the 35th quarterback, ranked quarterback out of high school. So it's not like he's, you know what I mean, some walk-on that they're hoping for the best with. No, the kid was the 35th ranked stuff. And you see, he's tough as hell, man. He got lit up in that game. Came back, made plays. I think FSU are going to be fine until they get to the playoffs. Because Louisville, nice story for Louisville, but Louisville aren't on that level as far as just full talent. But I think FSU will lose once they get into the playoffs. And then finally, in closing, we got about a minute and a half here. Yeah. Uh, Michigan, I'm I'm really surprised about the point spread in this game. Michigan opened up as 21 and a half point favorites, and it was actually yeah. bet up to 23. The total is really light. It was 34, um, and now it's 35 and a half. Yet Iowa's defense is elite, right? Like we Iowa's are. defense is as good as anyone's in the country's. They can't score though. Michigan did smoke them 41-3 two years ago in a similar situation, but 
I think I think Michigan win this game like twenty to three or something like that, like twenty four seven, low scoring. But I'm not really in a hurry to lay twenty three points for Michigan, and I'm a Michigan fan. No, I'm cautious on this game. You're right. Iowa's played like really good defense this year. The, their offense is terrible. We know about that. They, I think they, they played like how many games uh, below the, the point spread of what, what it's supposed to be. So I just think in this game, you're right. I think 20 to 3 could be the final score, but I think it might be a little bit closer early on. And Michigan pulls away with the running game. So I think Michigan wins this game probably by two touchdowns, but nothing more than three. For the record, I, Michigan gave up 10.3 points per game, number one in the country. Iowa ranked number fourth in the country at 12.2 points allowed. So from, from a betting perspective, guys, you're getting a team that only gives up 12 points a game, and you're getting 23 points. And the total is 35. Like, it's a very weird number, this. All right, we'll wrap up with Mo on the other side. This is Portrait. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. All right, we're going to get you the updated poll uh, results tomorrow night. So far, though, uh, put in toaster, got to heat up, is is leading by far. 69.4% over uh, better out of the box when it comes to Pop-Tarts. I wanted to go off on the Buffalo Bills, but it's probably better for my health that uh, I don't. (laughs) But we will throughout the week. I'm sure. But, Mo, we got about a minute uh, here, so I brought it up. Our yeah. boy Pete Annapolis, you and uh, Dwight Walton, who I miss, did the uh, the play-by-play in the analyst uh, for the Northern uh, Classic. Uh, Canisius, UNC Asheville, Western sure. Kentucky, Bowling Green. Fun tournament. Very good attendance. Uh, how was it? It was awesome. It was awesome. Great ball that we had. Uh, the team to watch out for, Gabe, is UNC Asheville. Joel Lenardi has them in his bracketology, in his November bracketology. They got a kid by the name of Drew Pember who could be NBA-bound, and he's got the if factor to be an NBA-bound player. So watch out for the Bulldogs if you want to see Asheville. Canisius could be the underdog in this whole story that if they can get out of the Metro Atlantic, they could be a team to watch out for. And the two teams that I really liked, Western Kentucky and Bowling Green. 
those two teams are building up something special. Maybe not this year, probably next year, but they do have some horses that can make a deep run in the MAC and, of course, in Conference USA. So there were some really good teams that played in Canada uh, over the weekend, but those four teams are going to be the ones I'm going to watch out for going towards the uh, conference play in January. Mo Khan, great stuff, uh, Mo. Thanks a lot uh, for taking the time to be with us. Always a pleasure, Mo. Yes, sir. Have a great week, man. We'll talk soon. There's uh, Mo Khan. Uh, with us. So tomorrow night at this time, we're going to know the updated college football playoff uh, rankings yet. This thing is going to play itself out. And as we stated, it's, there's never been four teams who with perfect records before in the playoffs. You got to believe someone's going to lose. With all due respect to Mo, Mo was fired up on the Washington Huskies. And I think the Huskies are getting disrespected, getting nine and a half points in a football game that number one is going to be a track meet. And number two, I believe we'll just they'll be trading points and it'll be whoever has the ball last wins. There's a lot of pressure on the Ducks right now to beat the Huskies. The Huskies are taking the field confident, like knowing that, you know, we already beat these guys. And don't tell me, man, if they're not going to find out that they're nine and a half point underdogs in this game. An undefeated team. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 